0: I just don't think that Liz, Liz Truss's government is that prone to cock-ups. A right-wing ideologue,
1: instead of focusing on what people actually need? but solution. That's so she's already done a... No, it's not a up Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Politics Relaxed. Uh, it's very nice to be back, as usual. If you didn't go and watch the BIM Afalami interview, I'm very angry at you because I got no views. Uh, let's go straight into it. <laughs> we got Liz Truss as our new Prime Minister. We obviously had some sad news as well um over the last few weeks they have kind of overshadowed a lot of this. Um but today we are going to be talking about finally Liz Truss and what she's going to bring. So Cameron, do you want to kick us off? You're a Sunak backer, are you happy? Yeah
2: I was I was a Sunak backer. Um as it sounds like I'd say I still am um in spite of him now being rather in the wilderness. Uh you know I didn't vote for truss. I voted for Sunak, Um but I do believe the party should unite around Tressa's leader at this point. Um, it's important now. We've got two years until the general election um, and it's critical that we have that unity in the party. And I think MPs do need to do that. But that's not going to stop me from um, providing a critique of her performance of current. Um, you know, I'm, I'm concerned for a start that she's moving away from the principles of Boris Johnson's government that I supported very strongly for um, the entire duration of the uh, existence of this podcast. Um, because I think that what we're seeing now, a move away from those One Nation principles, uh, a move towards, I think, an, an unconservative approach. Although Trust believes uh, she's following conservative convictions by pursuing this satirite vision of uh, low taxes, mm-hmm. free markets, deregulation, etc. cetera. Um, I think she's really embarking on on conservative route that's both grounded in yeah. um I would say astronomic economic misjudgments. Yeah. Uh, but but also I'm extremely concerned that uh that what she's doing is is departing from the conservative principle of pragmatism. Um her bold risk-taking approach, I think, is 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 not is not conservative and mm. worried about the borrowing. I'm worried about the borrowing that's going to result from this energy price cap remaining in place at the same, um, in the same level. Uh, So I I think I've got a lot of, a lot of deep concerns at the moment. Uh, So we'll have to see how it pans out. Uh,
3: Piers, let's go to you. All right. Well, um, I think I'll talk about the general shift in the conservative party. Um, That started with uh, Boris Johnson and I think is continuing on on the, uh, Liz truss it's sort of a um, a shift away from uh, especially uh, neoconservatism but also neoliberalism um, it's it's becoming more and more uh, patern- paternalistic i guess is is a, is a way you could describe it um, there's definitely less emphasis on on, on the free market um, because it's especially Energy crisis. For the government, oh, I don't know what party it is. It's not. It's not being left to um, the businesses um, or anything like that. Because as we've seen with the energy en- energy price cap, that has just kept rising um, to no one's favour. Um, so this this trend, as you call it, whether. Well, as i call it um whether it's s- sustainable or not is is interesting um yeah. but with liz truss at the helm of it 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 doesn't seem like it can go anywhere good um <laughs> with, uh, with, with her lack of anything resolving qualities in the, le- the leader
1: i'm really disappointed we don't have any per- people who are like kind of willing to stick their neck out there for truss um, um, yeah, we'll, we'll come to you in a bit, no, I'm no, sure. No, uh, Danielle, uh, let's <laughs> go to you next.
4: I am going to quote the great woman on the BBC who said that I'm gonna save my mental health by keeping my expectations of my trust very low. And I think that's the the method that I'm adopting. Um, I think from a rational perspective, I am very happy that she's prime minister because two thirds of the party don't back her and I'm hoping that she'll be an interim PM rather than, I hope we don't see her in 2024. From a humanitarian perspective, I'm deeply worried. Um, I do disagree, however, with Piers and Cameron. I think that she's taken the most conservative approach to the energy crisis that I could absolutely imagine, which is keeping the money in the hands of the oil, oil and energy industry and making sure that, and borrowing huge amounts of money that is at the end of the day going to go to the everyday taxpayer. So I do disagree. and I think if you took a look at her cabinet, I think she's going scarily into the right wing direction. I don't think think you have to worry about her abandoning her conservative principles.
1: Cameron, we are gonna come back to you, I'm sure, but there's a man to my left who really wants to butt in and speak. So, (laughs) Rajan, over
3: to you.
0: No, I actually agree uh, with Cameron as well. I'm willing to stick my neck out on the line. The number (laughs) one piece of correspondence I get from constituents uh, every day. I see every email that comes into our inbox 50 percent of them are about the energy crisis and people honestly genuinely scared about whether they want to heat their homes or eat so although i do have concern i do understand uh, the economic consequences of borrowing more and spending more money i I am worried about that i'm also kind of something is being done something is happening at least and um Whether I think it's the right, it's it's I I think it's it's a it's an okay judgment to make. It's neither amazing or terribly bad. It's it's something. It is done. I mean, look
1: if you if you read my wonderful article, also politics homework, which was on the website recently, you can you can clearly see my view on trust is not positive one. I think my number one issue with kind of the energy plan, which we've all touched upon, is the windfall tax. Why is there no windfall tax? Instead, we'd rather give. Billions and billions of pounds in borrowing to these oil and energy giants instead of skim off their profits that they've made for the last two years. I'm sure. I I mean, sure. It's got it's got a whatever, whatever you think the the plan isn't too bad initially, but it's also giving more money to the rich. It's a pretty blanket scheme, as most of our uh, as most of her schemes are. And this is the one that's not targeted. And it's wasting a lot of money that's gonna to have to be paid back. Instead, we could have skimmed profits off energy giants, but instead she'd rather give them more money through giving them fracking again and give them more money through not giving them a windfall tax. It's ridiculous. And I mean, Danielle mentioned about the cabinet, which is absolutely right. It's an atrocious cabinet. I mean, re Mogg to the appointment of Bayes, the most important the most important thing for the next One, 20 years for climate change, and two, the next two years with the energy crisis. And you've got somebody who's never been in charge of a, a, um, what do you call it, a ministry before. And you've got somebody who's completely and utterly out of their depth, a right-wing ideologue who'd rather bring in right-wing Christian ideas instead of focusing on what people actually need. He's a climate denier, pretty much. He's somebody who's going to back big business and he's somebody who's not going to care about what, one, young people need for the next 20 years with climate change, and two, what everybody needs for the energy crisis. And then you've got Kwasi Kwarteng, who's in uh, who's in as chancellor, and he was formerly at Bayes and did absolutely nothing to help people with their energy costs. It's, I mean, it's an atrocious cabinet in general, but I picked those two just because they're, I think, the most important examples to give at the minute. Well, I think... <laughs> we'll come on to the cabinet I think a bit
2: later but I think it's it's more organic for this conversation to actually flow into talking about the energy plan and I think let's focus a little bit on this energy price cap for now because I disagree with what both you Felix and Danielle uh, have have said Um, the energy price cap remaining at the same level does make sense from a perspective of helping people um, with their energy bills clearly I mean preventing the massive um rises in bills to potentially five times what they were before uh, in january is a is an important measure to take but the consequence of that the caveat to that is it is mandatory to borrow to, to uh, and to make sure that you provide that to energy companies and can i explain why the, sure. the reason is because the the price of wholesale gas is continuing to rise rapidly as a result of the conflict in Russia Ukraine yeah so that means that the energy companies are having to pay more for the supply of the energy Um, and funnily enough I mean that not all energy companies are the big five or the big four or whatever it is they're not all British gas etc etc there's lots of small energy companies that without that money being provided would collapse and then Mm -hmm. where are people going to get their energy from so it's it is critical if this measure is going to be introduced, there is money that is put in place there for the energy companies. Um, but my fundamental issue is, is this, if this is going to cost over £100 billion in borrowing, as a young person, and this is a young people's organisation, that debt is going to be offloaded onto our generation into the future. That is unconservative as a principle. And Liz Truss, when she co-authored the book, um, Britannia on Chains, a decade ago, which of course has been a little bit controversial in places. What a book. Um, she wrote very fiercely against the idea of having to borrow. <laughs> that is because she held as a fundamental principle that debt should not be offloaded onto future yeah. generations. And I wonder where has that principle gone?
1: I I want to come in. I. I actually sort of agree with you, Cameron, but also I have some issues with what you said. I, I agree with the fact that it's not necessarily a bad plan. I've, I've looked at this plan and obviously as somebody that supports Labour, I want to attack it. But in terms of the actual idea for the plan, in terms of paying paying freezing the energy bills, it's not a terrible idea I necessarily. That's not what I'd attack. What I would attack is the borrowing and the fact that you... You, you mentioned about the big five. It's not all about the big five, Well, you can just tax the big five. If you listen to what the Shell CEO said, he said that there should be an, a windfall tax on these big energy companies because they've made money for two years. So that's my issue. She ruled this out like weeks and weeks ago in this conservative leadership race to be some sort of, I don't even know, conservative saviour. And now she's in a position where she's already regretting it. I wonder if she's going to come to regret the fact that she said there's not going to be any blackouts this winter. I wonder if she's going to regret some of the other things she said, because she's already made a major misstep as as prime minister. And that is not to be taxing these big energy companies.
2: Well, my one quick point, if I could just come in there, is, I mean, if she's going to be um, contributing this borrowing to energy companies, that will prevent blackouts backouts this winter I'm, I'm firmly of that view so that's an important step as part of this measure mm-hmm. which on the whole as I've said I don't support on the windfall tax point I do support actually introducing extending the current windfall tax and that's why I back Rishi Sunak in the leadership campaign who pledged to do that. And I would be urging, absolutely, Liz Truss to follow the same course.
4: Well, she's hardly a conviction politician, so I don't, I mean, I'm not afraid that she might go back in her plans, and, you know, she's, she's more kind of, she kind of moves with the weather vane, so I can give it maybe a couple of weeks before she might kind of rethink her plan. But I would just say before we move on, that yes, the energy bill for East is good, it's, well, it's good in, you know, in comparison to what there could have been, but I think we have to acknowledge that some people's energy bills have never even been close to, you know, the freeze that it's at. So I think that's an important point to acknowledge when we're saying that how yeah, yeah. great it is. But we have to remember that for the majority of people, they've never seen their energy bills even as high as as, as the freeze, and there definitely, absolutely, could have been more done. Yeah,
1: I, I I do want to come in. I I said we'd move on, but I realised that we haven't talked about one of the other major ideas, which was to reopen fracking and to stop the to end the fracking moratorium which is i mean again coming from a young people's perspective absolutely ridiculous i mean obviously i know it's it's cleaner than kind of oil but it's still not a particularly green way of going about things she's also ended the green levy which is again a thing that we can talk about but just from the fracking point of view it's i mean it, it makes very little sense to me because it's just going to help the the big oil companies even more by letting them open up um fracking and drilling sites and it, it it just i mean a lot of local people are very unhappy with this environmental campaigners are going to be unhappy with this and i don't really see how much it's going to do because it's only going to add very little to the kind of global economic uh or the yeah the global uh gas kind of problems because you're giving this to companies not to a enact i mean again and we're not going to get into nationalization but if we had a nationalized Gas and energy, then we would maybe be seeing a bit of a different um, situation. But it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, maybe Cameron. Okay, uh, can me. I can I pick up on that? I do actually support the temporary,
2: um, the temp the temporary um, whatever this is on fracking. But well, is it temporary temporary lift on the moratorium? Yeah, the well, temporary the lift on the fracking tem- moratorium. On the, what a stupid. The name, temporary though. lift on yeah. the fracking moratorium. Um, I I do actually support this. Um, And the reason is, if you look at uh, our energy supply at any one time, we're about 57% reliant on gas. Uh, And that gas uh, largely is coming from countries such as Qatar. And as we've seen, the global prices are rising as a result of the Russia-Ukraine crisis of of wholesale gas. And that's why these bills are rising. So we need massively to uh, mix up our energy supply, we need to ensure a, a longer term energy security, because right now we basically have no energy security. And that's really concerning. Fracking is a way of doing this in the short term. It's not a long term solution. And that's why I think this lifting is temporary. Um, what we need to do in the long term is invest in nuclear. The thing is, of course, the nuclear power station takes a decade to build. That is a long term solution. Also, renewable resources, we've invested massively in them in the last uh particularly in the last five years, and particularly under Boris Johnson, you know, we've now got seven of the largest 10 uh, offshore wind farms are in British waters, are British wind farms. That's critical. We have to expand that, in my opinion, even to onshore. Um, And, you know, these are the things we've got to do in the long term. But right now, I do think that this is an important solution to mix up our um, energy diversity
1: one: Do you think Jacob Rees-Mogg's going to go and do that in uh, business, energy, and industrial strategy? His new brief? Oh, yeah
2: uh, <laughs> Time will tell.
1: <laughs> very, very diplomatic.
3: If, if you want to say something, say a, li- a little bit about Russia, um, I will, uh, because this is uh, the whole thing that we're seeing across Europe and well, sort of the world, but mostly Europe is the whole energy crisis. It's it's something that every every country is dealing with, um, and you know it's Russia's um, uh, blackmailing attempt to stop us from supporting Ukraine, and uh, it seems to be their last ditch attempt, to be honest. Because while it's having negative effects, the it's not um, it's not overall debilitating uh, to anyone's economies really, and it's. It, it, it's not gonna. It's not a relationship that can be repaired. Since everyone in the EU and Britain is um, it has you know preached about weaning ourselves off of Russian gas. So um, after after this winter, um, I don't know if, if if Russia can really continue. Um, with you no know, this this ban on, uh, on 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 their gas trade, so you know, not to be a blind optimist, but
1: yeah. All right, let's let's move on to the cabinet, which I've already mentioned. My anger at Jacob Rees-Mogg taking over. Um, yeah, does anyone wanna wanna go on the cabinet? I mean, I'm happy to have a ten minute rant on it. If it's
4: like she's operating some kind of like patronage system, like anyone who said a kind word to her just got skyrocketed up to her. <laughs> Top box. Like there's no reason that Swella Bradman should be anywhere near you know, the Home Secretary position at all. I think it just speaks just of her as a Prime Minister. I mean you are who you surround yourselves by and this is a wholly inadequate cabinet. I mean, I don't even know where to start.
2: Um look, I mean I'm disappointed clearly about a few a few big names, a few big <laughs> oh, beasts that are gonna Dominic. be left on Dominic. the backbenches you've you've mentioned one there clearly Rishi Sunap as well. Um, Michael Gabe, although I think he's retired now from frontline politics. Oh, uh, nice. Of course, people like Sasha Javid, uh, Jeremy Hunt, you know, big names here. Um, but my, my, my most major concern is the appointments that she's made, because I don't see it as a unifying cabinet. Only one member of cabinet, Bat Sunak. I mean, that is appalling. If you go back, look, Johnson's often been criticised for promoting loyalists, right? And towards the end of his, um, of his premiership, he started to do that a lot more. But at the beginning, you look at his first cabinet, um, it was actually an extremely politically diverse cabinet with people from lots of different sides of the political debate. You know, you had people like Amber Rudd in there, you had people like Jacob Rees-Mogg in there, you had polar opposites there. It was a broad church cabinet. And that's, I think, the way that we've got to move forward with a cabinet government. This is not a cabinet government Th- i don't see anyone in that cabinet who's going to stand up to trust he's going to say look um your economic plans these are the flaws there that we need to start correcting that is of deep concern to me if you look at quasi quateng she's got um a soulmate there as <laughs> chancellor <laughs> Shot with whom they are basically to <laughs> coffee I, I i've got to say i mean in terms of in terms of quasi quality and their relationship i mean you Know she's basically appointed her friend's friend with benefits to chancellor, but um, I think if you if you look elsewhere, particularly, particularly in that position because you've got those free market economists in key economic positions, that's that's concerning. I'm happy with a couple of, of promotions, people like Michelle Donlin, Kemi Badenoch. Um, they're people who I think have a lot of potential in the Conservative Party. The most notable thing, though, the big sort of rising stars like Kemi Badnock. Penny Mordaunt and Tom Tugendhat, who were all those leadership contenders, she's given them quiet roles that don't involve significant um, sort of media exposure. When have you ever seen the Trade Secretary, uh, even though it's quite a senior cabinet position, when have you ever seen them on TV? No, because they're always abroad signing those trade deals very frequently. The, and then obviously Minister for Security um and and uh and penny morden as leader of the house commons although of course she she had a very senior role um in the uh the the royal uh, show thing that happened the other the other day I can't remember its specific name but I enjoyed it very much. She did an excellent job. Um but yeah I, I don't think Trost was too happy about that.
1: Anyone anyone I'll, I'll go but I'd rather... I
4: would rather I do think Cameron's right. In fact I was listening to um Alistair Campbell's um podcast with Rory Stewart the rest of politics where he was saying that I was as much better cabinet... just to
1: kind of let everyone yeah know. yeah, <laughs> I, off, I, them.
4: yeah. <laughs> 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 I do think she has made her cabinet very um There's a bit of a security threat because she's kept her friends quite close but the issue with that is that you're at risk to people kind of not to make it sound like a battlefield but rising up from the outside I think she's left herself quite open to a lot of external threats because the issue is when you push a lot of people out and you keep the people that you like you kind of exist within an echo chamber I think it's gonna I don't see it lasting for a long time and I do agree with Cameron I do think it's very quite weak.
2: One thing I'll say one thing sorry to interrupt one thing I'll say is she has to keep her pen extremely tight I think no holes in there there's gonna be a lot of people trying to piss in
1: <laughs> um
3: i, I think that's one way.
1: yeah i mean she had to do a unifying cabinet there was no other choice she wasn't even backed by the majority of MPs. she wasn't even the number one candidate by MPs. and now she's in a position where she's picked all loyalists in her cabinet i just don't see any way where this goes in a good direction for liz tross i mean like most things she touches it's not going to go in a good direction for Liz Truss it just it's it's beyond me like Therese coffee what a shambolic appointment to health oh I mean I know. health is obviously one of my as everybody probably knows is one of my kind of pet subjects and I mean to put Therese coffee in health at such an important time like this as kind of an ally and just to show everyone off that you've got your best friend with you as uh, deputy prime minister and health secretary, it's oh, it, it annoys me so much, and I, I guarantee we're going to see cock ups all over the cabinet, and oh, it's just going to go so wrong. I mean, it, in a way, I mean, I don't sound that, ba- uh, that bad because of it, because just because I want to see I- Labour win the next general election, she might not even last that long at this rate. I disagree,
0: <laughs> okay. we're
4: going to get I, a general I, election. I,
0: call. I disagree with the sentiment that everything she touches is going to be a cock up. Okay, what we've seen what we've seen this week is decisive action on the energy bills one of the biggest spending packages since the second world war and i think that's you know there's something really key to note that i i just don't think that liz, liz truss's government is that prone to cock-ups like everyone everyone is mentioning today we
1: we just spent fifteen minutes discussing her energy plan. You didn't come in with a single rebuttal to everybody tearing no, it no, apart What no, like, no, like,
0: no, no, an amazing t-
1: plan. No, 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 oh, wait, I, I, I wait, no. you
0: can't, you can't, wait. I'm saying right now, you you said <laughs> yeah, you, ev- all of all of you have said everything <laughs> she's she's going to do. I I I did. I that's did, not fair. I that's back, not fair. I did back that, soon. That's not fair. But I will say. That she's come out with something decisive this week. You did make your point
1: twice sure. there. Just um, if we if we go back to the energy plans just for a minute, because you thought how amazing it was. I'll just completely repeat what I just said in a very bite-sized chunk. So we got warm. The windfall taxes. All the money is going to the en- to
0: the energy companies. To borrowing, it's going to cost m- billions. No, I I do agree that we should impose a windfall tax. I mean, it seems like so, an obvious so, solution. That so she's not- already done it. No not It's like- not a there. Well it, well, it is because it's we're ju- going to have to spend. <laughs> we're spending, borrow- we're borrowing money. It's an untapped reserve that we haven't utilized. It's not a <laughs> <laughs> an untapped reserve. You see, I, I,
1: mean, I don't even think I need
4: to come oh, back I love to this. That. That. <laughs> Truss
1: is doing an amazing job in Rajan's world. Let's go. Can we go back to the cabinet? Well,
4: Nick Quateng's? not really made <sighs> much of an impression. I mean, I know it's pretty dull, As but, you know, as a, <laughs> as a chancellor. A surprise.
1: <laughs> Apart from bankers' I, bonuses, like, of course.
4: Oh. He's
1: well. really got the most important issues when it comes to the the people.
4: Yeah, he's really not I've got nothing out of no, nothing out of him.
2: Well, I tell you what, I saw the most funny thing um, pop up on Sky News yesterday. What? I was watching I was watching it and they were they were doing the rolling news of quasi-quartering plans to scrap bankers' bonuses. And below below it, they said Bank of England spokesman said the bank never supported. Um, (laughs) capping bankers bonuses funny that isn't it bankers didn't want their bonuses i will say this though it's a fun it's a fundamentally rational measure to take but not right now not right now that (laughs) this is the ideological dogma i've been talking about yeah you know it's it's unconservative to take that much of a risk when we're already in such a perilous economic position we saw what happens um in 2008 as a result of partly banker
1: overconfidence and i
2: really really
1: don't need that right now yeah i I think i'm gonna completely rip off someone's tweet i can't remember who some some political editor and they said it's the kind of there's a very clear dividing line now between labor and the conservatives and this is going to show a very clear split and probably it's going to be a very big negative i think for the conservatives when it comes to elections because it's just giving whether or not we think it's a good idea is kind of irrelevant it's more important with the optics and how it looks it looks like you're giving millions and millions of pounds to bankers in the city when there are so many people struggling with energy bills and struggling to eat and struggling to heat up their homes and that's what it looks like whether you want to go into the actual policy or not is kind of doesn't really matter because it's much more about the optics of this and how you've got Labour who are calling for a windfall tax and then you've got Liz Truss who is borrowing money and giving it to energy companies and she is giving bankers bonuses. I mean again we, we can discuss those all day but I think it's more important the clear ideological difference that's now split.
4: I really hope that people don't buy into the whole new government kind of new face the new thing that's slowly kind of being spun by her by her by her cabinet and the Conservatives. I really hope the electorate can stay up to the fact that this um, she was a member of Boris Johnson's cabinet. She gave credit to him in her speech. You know, all oh, goodness me. Um, and you know, she's,
1: she's been a member of pretty much all of the cabinets.
4: Yeah, so longest-serving MP apart from maybe Michael Gove. So she's been she she's been kind of backseat in this this Tory kind of machine that's taken us into twelve years of crisis. And I really hope that people don't forget that and they don't buy into the. You know this kind of whole new face. Sorry, Cameron. Uh, this kind of new kind of new face, new person idea.
1: I don't, Cameron. I know you want to come in, but I don't really want to talk about. Oh, don't worry. The whole twelve years. <laughs> no, you're right. You're quite it's, right. You're quite. It's, quite it's right. a discussion for <laughs> a different different time, but the the point still stands. I've
0: heard one political argument that says if we're in crisis right, crisis right now, maybe the Conservatives will be happy to hand it over, over to Labour so they can deal with it.
1: I'll, I'll be more than happy if they hand over to labor for the next five years and we got the conservative endorsement over here so that's a, that's a good start um on that grade note, great note on that great note on that note thank you very much for watching uh like the video subscribe and we'll see you in the next video i guess